find a sense of place. You just being in that place, you're starting to create a new history. You're starting to write a new story, a new chapter. And that's really what we're doing here at Driftless Oaks. Somebody, there's a lot of names that were here. But we're starting our own chapter and right. starting to add to that overall story. And when you get to your place, you'll be doing the same thing. Everybody. And this is the big one. This is the 200, the 200th episode. That's pretty huge, babe. That is pretty huge. Started in 2016, and here we are in 2021. You have been a busy boy. Yeah, so getting back in the saddle, we had a busy January, and now we're into February in our 200th show. And to this, and this show is all about the biggest surprises since moving to the country from the suburbs. There's been a few, just a few, and it, this show was actually inspired by our conversation with Amy Dingman. Well, the conversation was a couple weeks ago, but the podcast we had with her just aired last week, and uh, she asked us some some good questions, which made us think, huh? There have been a lot of surprises since we moved out here. And what kind of things could we tell people about now who are considering making the same move? Right. Because rural living is a little different. A lot different. A lot different, yeah. <laughs> so we've got 10 surprises, and I might have one or two bonus ones at the very end. So oh, were you thinking while you were plowing today? I was today? thinking as I was driving my plow truck. And Greta, the puppy, is saying hello. And we're hoping she doesn't eat something like boards or equipment. Oh my gosh, you guys. And this little adorable puppy is getting so big so fast. She is. It's just like your child as you watch them grow. It's like, wow, what happened to you in the last two weeks? I know, I know. She is, at the moment, jumping up and uh, her paws are on top of the dining room table, which is a no-no, but... Uh, a week ago, that couldn't have happened. No. So she's growing fast. So... Yes, yeah, so we're going to start this podcast like we do all the other ones here at Small Scale Life with gratitude. It's hard to have a bad day or a bad podcast when you start your day with or podcast with gratitude. So do you have someone you're grateful for, my love? I do. I have, I'd like to say um, a big thank you to my chiropractor, Caitlin. She works at Innovative Chiropractic in Red Wing, and she's been really helping me out with an issue I'm having um, with my neck and shoulder and just upper back in general. Um, always just, you know, from sitting at desks for a long time and working on computers and just the way that I sleep, I think. Um, I have some issues, so she's been giving me a lot of relief, and she's actually a non-traditional chiropractor, so she doesn't do, you know, your typical adjustments of your spine. She actually works with your energy um, in your body, uh, centered specifically around your spine, and um, it's called network spinal analysis, so a little woo-woo, but it's actually really, it works, and... It's, it's just kind of helping me get 
get some relief and also just in general um, helping me with balance in my life. So, Dr. Caitlin, thank you. I appreciate you. Mm, that's good. That's real good. So mine, I'm thankful for Laura Ingalls Wilder. Ah, yes. <laughs> we are here about five miles as a crow flies on the same road, actually, as the Laura Ingalls Wilder homestead. And we've had such a good discussion after our podcast with Amy Dingman in her A Farmish Kind of Life Telegram chat. We were talking about Laura Ingalls Wilder and being close here to her place. Just a lot of good feedback, a lot of good people in that Telegram group. So if you're not on Telegram, get on Telegram. You can join us at Small Scale Life's Telegram chat or Amy Dingman's chat. And uh, we're talking all things Laura Ingalls Wilder in there, and it's really kind of fun. So, um, yeah, it, it the reason we are here, I think, is Laura Ingalls Wilder, believe it or not. It all started with Laura Ingalls Wilder in the house in the big woods. I think so. Yeah, yeah. that was that that prompted you to start thinking about what was possible. And who would have thought that someday we would be living, you know, within drive like very close driving distance to where she was born. Right. And as I put on Instagram last night, the road here, I bet the family or pa rode by, walked by, you know, some of these trees have been here since before Laura Ingalls Wilder was born. So oh, if you yeah. think about it, they were here. Yeah, and a lot more. Right. I mean, we the big woods really no longer exists. There's little little patches of of woods and we are so lucky to have woods on our property. Right. And some of the trees that are here are Older, 50, 200 years old. Absolutely. Older than, yeah, than she was. So, right? I mean, it's just magical. It I keep is. saying that, but it, it truly is. It really is, yes. And we're going to be adding our own little dash, sprinkle a little magic here and there here at Driftless Oaks Farm. So, right on. <laughs> that sounds funny. Anyway, let's get into it. Let's talk about the 10 biggest surprises since moving from the country to the suburbs. I think this is a good topic. Moving and to the country from the suburbs. Is that what I said? Just don't want people to be confused. We are living in the country. Moving to the country. Yes. So here we go. So number one is a big one, especially for me because we do the podcast and video and social media and stuff. But internet is an issue. Big time. The solution for us was twofold. We started with hotspots from our cell phone provider. And then just this week... We got Starlink, Elon Musk's project with the satellites up in space, and he lost a few this week, but we have had really good luck with Starlink so far. So uh, good speeds, good connectivity. It's been great. So we're actually going to adjust our cell phone plan and stick with Starlink. I think yeah, it's I, got good potential. Yeah, I think, I mean, we still, it's a satellite internet, so we right. still have the potential to lose service in, in storms. So we're, you know, going to have a weather radio and just kind of be prepared for that but we really this is this is what we are hearing what we what we heard from people prior to actually receiving our own starlink system that this is kind of the answer for the rural internet problem and um so far so good Right, and, and just if you're wondering, we've had good speeds and the Wi-Fi actually broadcasts pretty far. Um, so I was down by the Blue Barn. I was still getting signal from the house. That's a 
gosh, probably 50 feet away, 75 feet away. Uh, I was getting it on the other signal on the other side of the garage. So even across the whole building, we were getting it. Yeah, it's been good so far. So thumbs yeah. up. So I'd say, I mean, advice to you is just, just check it out and see if it is an option in your area. If it is not yet, it probably will be coming. We had signed up for it like we got on the waiting list as soon as we moved here which was probably june july, july. i'd say when yeah. we finally started looking into it um and we we didn't move until september but we took ownership in june so we were on the waiting list for like six months right before we actually received it um but you can put put down a deposit. I think we had to put ninety nine dollars down as a deposit. The unit itself costs five hundred, and then the monthly service is ninety nine dollars. So cheaper up, than a lot of what I hear from right. these and, internet and providers. Setup was super stupid simple, easy three step process. The hardest thing was drilling through the wall. That was it, and we are golden. Yeah, we're rocking. So check it out, Starlink. Yep. And that's not an affiliate. It's just something we're using and something that is working. So Right. All right, number two. Number two, shopping is a strategically planned event. You can't just run down the block to pick up that thing you forgot to get or to grab a gallon of milk because you know what? Those stores, they're far away. And uh, so you really have to... Do a lot more planning and preparation, which I think goes hand in hand with homesteading. I mean, I've always been <laughs> a meal planner. Well, I shouldn't say always, but that that's something that I learned to do is, is plan out meals and make sure when I did do my grocery store runs that I had everything I needed for a couple weeks at a time. But it's, it's definitely a lot more strategic here. And... I have realized that Dollar General is pretty cool, which I, uh, I've i mentioned in podcasts in the past, but I didn't realize Dollar General was like a thing in, in small towns. Maybe it's just a Midwest thing, but if you're a small townie, I, I'm sure you probably know the Dollar General. That's your spot for your gallon of milk or your, you know, butter or a bag of chips or mascara, tampons. <laughs> yeah, I've got nothing to say about the last one there, but it is. And, and sadly, you know, there were mom and pop stores in these little towns, but they faded away a long time ago. So now you've got Dollar General or the bigger town nearby has a Walmart, you know, so it's just one of those things that changes over time. I know, I know, I know. Um, on that note, so for some of us who aren't quite the planners and start to get into projects and then realize we need stuff and things... Number three is restaurants and sto stores close early or aren't open certain days of the week or in certain seasons. Yeah. So that's I, been an adjustment. Right. So restaurants are just closed. Um, or I go, I went to the little hardware store four miles away in Plum City and I went there twice and twice it's been closed. So I had to run to Ellsworth to a bigger hardware store because it's just closed and I didn't think ahead to check the schedule to see if it was open and right. so extra running involved. Yeah, that's one thing I've really run into is even the post office. So the little Plum City post office, I went to mail a box the other day and it was like one o'clock in the afternoon and I walked up there and pulled the door and it's like, oh, locked they closed at 11 30 and i'm like what 
what? And I look at the sign, and their hours are like 7.30 to 11.30, Monday through Friday. And then on Saturdays, they're open from 9 to 9.30. So you have a half hour to do your business. Half hour to hit. (laughs) Right. And then, you know, just try, you know, I had a friend here for... A visit, and I wanted to take her to this cute little cafe that's in Stockholm, which is a town near us. And it was a Tuesday. So we drove into Stockholm, and lo and behold, they're closed. They're only open Thursday through Sunday yeah. in the off-season. So, yeah, you just kind of have to be prepared for that. And don't plan to go out for dinner at 9 o'clock at night on a Thursday in the small town, because nothing is open. Well, the bars are open. The bars so are open. You'll you, get bar food. Some bars. Yeah, some are. If you want uh, want some bar food. But. Right, right. Yeah, it's different. And our one friends uh, at the Humble uh, Humble Moon Folkstead in Stockholm, they have closed for the month. So they are closed until probably March. And, yeah. And uh, you just can't go. So Yeah, Sarah was telling us it's just not even worth it for them to keep the utilities pumping. Right. So they kind of turn up, everything down low off. and give themselves a break and yeah. kind of reset. Which is which is awesome. Yeah, I think that's great. But right, right. you just kind of have to be prepared for that. Right. So moving on to number four, this was something that was an adjustment for me. You have to make an effort to get to know people and to get to know your neighbors. So you know, coming from the suburbs or even the the outer rings of the city, you have um, you know you're typically living really close <laughs> to other people. Yeah. So getting to know your neighbors is not difficult if you want to, because you literally bump into them as you're coming in from the garage or you're, you know, going for a walk around the block or letting the puppy out or gardening. I mean, there's somebody on one side, somebody on the other side, somebody across the street and somebody behind you on the other side of the alley. Right. And then there's 15 other people on either side of them. So um, I realized, like... There's no close neighbors. I mean, we can see a house off in the distance, but we really like, you have to just make an effort. Right. So for me, that that was a little bit of stretching outside of my comfort zone and, you know, just taking the initiative. Just, you know, when you see somebody that you connect with, just, hey, how about we go out for dinner one night? Or, you know, let's grab a cup of coffee. Just kind of have to, to go the extra mile. And, you know, take a little walk or a little drive and go introduce yourself. So Right. And there's certain places that people congregate, too. You know, the local bar, of course. And, but we don't really hang out there. But the meat store down in Plum City, there's a lot of people that just kind of come in and out there. And we go see our neighbor who runs the meat store and go catch up on a few things. And Right. Who knew? Yeah. Who knew? So <laughs> it's a good thing to have your neighbor as the but- local go butcher. Go slaughter a pig and... Have a cup of coffee. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. So you got to go where the people are. And people are here are so freaking nice. We'll talk about that. So. Yep. Ooh, number five is your favorite. Oh, God. Furry friends are a reality. Yes, they are. Yes. You will encounter them inside and outside. They are everywhere. Yeah, that has been... <laughs> a very shocking and unpleasant realization for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I've ever dealt with mice as an issue before. And when we moved in here, 
there was mice in our kitchen cabinets and in the walls. And so we've been working hard getting those under control. We have a cat now. We have a dog now. We are in in the hunt for some barn cats that's mm-hmm. coming soon. Um yeah, it's just a thing, guys. Like, holy crap. Well, and it's not just mice. It's woodchucks. It's that can Red tu- squirrels. tunnel under your foundation. Red squirrels that get in your house and chew up your wiring. I mean, there's some destructive little furry friends out there. And they need... And, and gardening, of course, we have rabbits and deer and other raccoons that come in and eat your stuff. So you're going to have to be aware of that and plan for that and have measures in place so yeah yes. amy dingman she's dealing with rats in oh, her barn yeah. oh sweet jesus <laughs> i hope that doesn't that's not our reality but right. i'm sure i mean they're we are surrounded by you know nine acres of woods and farm fields and half feeds will attract mice and rats that's the way it is man yeah <laughs> 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 no, right? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, number six. This is something that has been kind of surprising and I think yeah. a little fun for you, especially. Oh, yes. yes. You will need a lot of equipment to maintain your property. Like equipment you never really even considered before. Right. So some of the things that we were we were just kind of rambling off a list here. We Since we've moved here, we've bought a pickup truck. We put a plow on it. We have a riding lawnmower. We have a chainsaw. We have a trailer. We bought a four wheeler. We just purchased a log splitter. And it's delivered. You saw it in the garage, didn't you? No, I'm excited yes. to open that up. And then you know, there's there's a plethora of other things that we're planning in the future. But you know, money doesn't grow on trees, evidently. So we uh, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to space it out, but a tractor is really on our on our wish list. Farmer Tom is really smiling big with the tractor there, Grandpa Bob. So yeah, there is a lot, and um, you know, not the the other piece of that is not only the equipment, but the skills go with it. I mean, I've never plowed a driveway before, but I was just out a few minutes ago plowing the driveway and um, using a chainsaw and maintaining that stuff. You've got to get some skills. And the YouTube college is important, you know, as you learn these things. And uh, right. if you want to see me plowing, you can check out Toolman Tim's video. I was the member or the community spotlight of the month for February, and it's got the plow oh. truck on there. Frank the Tank, you can see him in action with me driving. So You guys should see Tom's face when he's driving this, this pickup truck with the plow. He's just... Just like a, a little boy with a hey. with a new toy. Hey, but we also awesome. have little Greta. She's her little head's poking up there too because she's riding with me. So right, she's my shotgun. Rider. I also have discovered that I really like using a chainsaw. Oh yeah, she does. That's pretty awesome. And we're we might yeah I don't know we'll have to talk about a bigger chainsaw for handling some of the wood that's down in the in the woods. Well, it's, not only that, but the big tree that's coming down yeah. in a few weeks. Yeah, so. right. I know. We I have know. a giant oak that's just way too close to the house in the garage, so mm-hmm. it's unfortunately got to come down. Right. But we're gonna have some beautiful wood out of it. Yeah, we will. We might have to find an Amish sawmill and have them cut it up into beams or something because yeah. we have use for such things. Yes, sir. Um, number seven, old farmhouses have a lot of issues and farmer bob probably did a lot of junky shit (laughs) (laughs) that's the only way we can describe it you guys it is just 
there is some janky shit that was done to this house. I mean, okay, the PG version is Farmer Fixes, Farmer Bob's Fixes. And, you know, it's... It's digging into a wall and finding two pieces of two layers of sheetrock and the original sheathing of the house and the electrical box cut into the sheathing and the wiring somehow strung up in there and then the piping in the basement is going the wrong way towards the drain, not towards the septic. I mean, it's like holy wrong size. Wrong size. Definitely was cobbled oh, together yeah. by someone. Yeah, I had a plumber in the basement. He's like, "Oh yeah, this is all Farmer Bob stuff." And I was like, "Oh yeah." And he's like, "Yep, look at this. This is all. You see the the PVC pipe uh, glue? Yep, that's not us. That's homeowner stuff." And I was like, "Oh, okay." So, and the thing of it is, and I just talked about this. You can't hire everything done. It, you'll just be out of cash. You've got to become a DIY Jedi. And I kind of like that. DIY Jedi. That's right. Do or not do. Don't try. You know, <laughs> and Google and YouTube and Pinterest, they're your best friends. And so is HTTV. And we get a lot of inspiration from the Mars and from my best friend, Ben Napier, that we met in Laurel, Mississippi. Right. Yeah. Those yeah, guys that do was some just cool awesome. But and, you know what? Just... Try to figure out the right way to do yeah. it and, and not do the farmer Bob janky right. because you're gonna it just creates problems down the road yeah. and you know you just gotta you gotta do your best research and but you do have to do some things you just literally can't hire everything done that's not the way it works and and it's a yin and yang thing because you can't do the farmer Bob fixes but then again creativity and innovation are necessary. Sometimes and, yes. and can be rewarded. I mean, we went over to our friend Bert's place yesterday and he's the uh, driftless organic mechanic and he took his front gate and he put a wheel on it. And it's just such a simple thing. You drill the hole, put a wheel on and it just works. Oh, it's, it's like so, butter. It's like butter. And, you know, so <laughs> creativity like that. And in the garden, I like to be creative and using the wicking beds and stuff. I mean, that stuff is going to pay off dividends in the long run. And it's... It's like where you're creative and where you're innovative, that's the key. Right. When you're wiring stuff, don't be creative and innovative. Do what's right. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, that, that's been a big uh, big adjustment for us, too. Ooh, this next one created a lot of comments, too. So, yes. Oh, yeah, go. Oh, number eight. You'll find a lot of hillbilly heaps where Farmer Bob randomly decided to toss his old farm equipment and other random crap in the woods. <laughs> So in again in the uh, in the farmish kind of life telegram group we were talking there was a lot of comments generated about this they're like oh well you might be a minimalist now but just wait you're gonna need that stuff in the in the future as you're doing projects you're gonna accumulate the pipe and they're gonna accumulate some wood and you're gonna have little piles of stuff here and there and that's what we all did it was quite the conversation I'm like no we can't do that I don't want Farmer Bob piles of hillbilly heaps oh we can have some piles but they are going to be organized piles and not crap that's just going to sit out there and rot so we're not going to have a ball of wire as big as this table out back in the woods uh no we're not going to have like random milk cans in the way back woods or our old cars that we no longer (laughs) want or farm equipment. Well, there is a really cool piece of John Deere farm equipment. It's a reaper thresher that's way back in the woods. and We're going to do a little excavation 
project someday down the road when we have time. And there's like a truck or trailer or something buried in the mud back there too. So uh, right. like the frame of it, that could be kind of cool. Right. Like a Model T or some kind of thing. So Right. Yeah. So, yeah, we have realized that being on a homestead, being in the country, does not... Um, promote a minimalism yeah. lifestyle, but... That kind of goes with number six. Hey, I think we're going to just consider ourselves minimalish. Minimalish or essentialists. There you we go. We have the essential stuff to run the hill... The, not the hillbilly homestead. The homestead. <laughs> it's a little hillbilly. <laughs> it's not hillbilly. You want hillbilly, go to the hoarder homestead. Did you look homestead. at our fence out front? Oh, yeah, that's a little hillbilly. <laughs> <laughs> but there, you know, we are finding... We're finding the old stuff, you know, the rotted fence posts or the rotted uh, tree uh, birdhouses that somebody just casually threw over in the woods or, you know, the stuff that yeah. they just kind of got done with. They left it in the woods. And so, you know, at the closing of all of our podcasts now, I'm putting in that little poem or saying, and it's like healing the land. It's very important. So we're not going to leave crap all over the place. I think no. that's super important. Right. So. Agreed. Mm-hmm. All right, so what are we at? Number nine? nine. Number nine. You will learn to pay very close attention to the weather. Winter uh, storms, rain, wind, and then there's mud season. Mm. So this is something that we have learned. Um, you know, Did living in... Uh, well, I, I am learning it. Living it... Well, maybe some of us have <laughs> learned it. Some of us are trying to ignore it still. But living in the city, you... The plow trucks, they're just they're just out. I mean, it it just everything happens a lot faster and you aren't as wide open. There isn't the blowing and drifting with snow. Um so yeah, I mean, I also am incredibly fearful of tornadoes. It's it's kind of a carryover from my childhood where my family and I were on a family vacation driving to California. We were camping for the night in Hershey, Nebraska, the middle of BFE, and a tornado came up while we were, like, in tents, and we ended up, like, literally throwing everything in the car. My dad started driving us frantically to town. The car started blowing sideways. We had to get out, get in a ditch. We ended up spending the night at the most wonderful family. The uh, a volunteer firefighter saw us and let us come and spend the night in his basement. But holy Mary, Mother of God, that scared the bejesus out of me. And I still to this day, if there's a threat of tornadoes, I'm going to be down in that Auntie M cellar hanging out. That sounds really intense. It was, yeah, good one. But <sighs> <laughs> and Napier and I right on the same wavelength. And some of us are still learning the lessons. Like yesterday, I tried to go out and do some things. And man, the wind was just howling across the farm fields and the snow was blowing. And there wasn't even that much snow, but dang it, it was like whiteout conditions. And I've run into this. This is the third time this season now I've run into whiteout conditions. Two, two around here, one up in Alexandria. But man, it has been bad. And uh, right. Even in the Mississippi River Valley, it can be a totally different ecosystem than up here on the bluffs. So it's it's a big deal. It's a very serious deal. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that takes us to number 10, which this one is is 
pretty freaking cool. It is really cool. So you'll never experience anything like the stars and moon at night in the country. Yeah. Right. It's it is just amazing. Breathtaking mm-hmm. and unbelievably beautiful. So I think that that's one of those like gratitude and appreciation things. There's a lot of, you know, challenges, but there's so many things to be thankful for. And that's a whole nother list. But we kind of just wanted to end this on a, you know what? All of this stuff makes number 10 makes it worth it. Yeah, I mean, there's even potentially UFOs a little north of us. I don't even know, but Elmwood is like the oh, Roswell yeah. of Wisconsin. Wisconsin. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, we have Laura Ingalls Wilder to the south, and we have UFOs to the north. I don't know, go figure. <laughs> We're right in the middle, stuck in the middle again. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's cool out here, um, and you're out there having a fire, and the coyotes are barking off in the distance, or maybe a little closer, maybe you're getting owls, and it's just just stars and moon and seeing the moon come up over the blue barn is just it's awesome oh and the sunsets mm-hmm. oh the sunsets yeah i'm like the sunset guy on instagram because it's like we've gotten some of the most yeah spectacular pictures right with our iphones i right. mean we got to get out that digital camera and actually capture some i know, I know. what i mean there's no way to capture with a picture what it is with the naked eye mm-hmm. but it is gorgeous so we we hope that you know if this is something that you are considering this move that we made from the suburbs to the country um you know this will just give you a little bit of a heads up on Mm -hmm. some of the challenges you might deal with but it's so worth it guys Mm -hmm. if you're thinking about it get your plan in place and make it happen right because Time is time is ticking by. Right. And sometimes it does just take some sacrifices yeah. and changing. Changing your lifestyle and, well, and but changing what's the it? way you think about things too. Even yeah. how and you're doing things and how you're living. Right. What are you doing it for? What's what's your end goal? Yeah. So did you did you want one bonus? Yeah. Okay. So I mean one of the biggest surprises is finding a place with so much history. You know, oh, I mean, yeah. we were looking at, I was looking at aerials the other day, or we were looking at aerials the other day of this of this homestead back in 1939. And you could see the house. I mean, it was kind of a blurry picture, but the tree, the big chief and the trees out front and even a grain bin out back that I think is toppled over. And maybe the rubble from the barn is pushed into the gully down there. I mean, there is some serious history there. I mean, that's the big thing about the Driftless, right? I mean, this area was not touched by the glacier. So there's old soil, old trees, creeks, bluffs. This place has a lot of history to it. So it, it does. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. I mean, that's a meteorite a crashed. 480 million years ago, just north of here. and, and we That's a, probably drawing in the UFOs. I know. We have a piece of meteorite. It's pretty cool. I know. We did. We went. Mm-hmm. There's this place nearby called Nugget Lake, which is part of where the, the meteorite had mm-hmm. hit. And we found this rock, and it actually is slightly magnetic. Yeah. And it is a piece of meteorite. Right. I mean, I can't remember what it's called, but it is pretty neat. Meteorite-ish. You're right. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, find a sense of place. You just being in that place, you're starting to create a new history. You're starting to write a new story, a new chapter. And that's really what we're doing here at Driftless Oaks. Somebody, there's a lot of names that were here 
but we're starting our own chapter and right. starting to add to that overall story. And when you get to your place, you'll be doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we go. wish we wish you well, and we hope you all can find your your own little your own slice little happy, of heaven, your own little happy place. Yeah. Sprinkle some happy, as Amy likes to say. Sprinkle some happy. I love that. <laughs> all right, everybody. So this is Tom. And Julie from Small Scale Life. Welcome to our 200th episode. I think it was. I think it was a really good one. Really great. Oh Lord. And uh, we're glad you're here. Get ready. It's going to be one heck of a ride in 2022 as we start to really do some things to this homestead and write new chapters, new stories here. So that's right. All right. Bye, everybody. Take care, everybody. We'll see you real soon. In closing, from the north to the south. From the east to the west and everywhere in between, may the gods, spirits, and folk be blessed at this place. May we heal the land and protect the soil, animals, and plants. May we live in strength and love, leading the way as we learn, do, grow, and be a little better every day. This is Tom from the Small Scale Life Podcast. We'll be back with another show. In the meantime, stay safe and take care, everybody. This has been a production of Small Scale Life Media. Hi-ho, Kermit the Frog here. By R, there's so many options to purchase seats. How will I ever decide? I have a vision of all of my seedlings and my plants growing high. Buy from some seed vendor and I almost believe them. I know they might be wrong. Someday we'll find it, the perfect seed company for gardeners, the homesteaders, and me. Who said that every seed be bought and be planted and worthy of my garden soil? Some company offered strange seeds, and I almost believe them. I'm looking for heirloom seeds to grow tall. What's so amazing is the many choices, and what do we think we might buy? Someday we'll find it, the perfect seed company for gardeners, the homesteaders, and me. All of us know it's time to plant. We know that it's almost time. 
you been waiting for seeds? And have you heard my voice? I've heard vendors calling my name. Is this the sweet sound that calls to young gardeners? That vendors might be one and the same. I've heard it too many times to ignore it. Seeds are something I need to buy. Someday we'll find it, the perfect seed company for gardeners, the homesteaders, and me. La dee 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 la la voo, la la dee dee wee la la Welcome to the Small Scale Life Podcast. Motherfucker, that was good.